0: Welcome to the Web 2.0 show with your hosts, Josh Owens
1: and Chris Saylor. We're a show about the new web,
0: the latest thoughts and technology behind internet development and content delivery. Welcome to episode 20. Uh, We had previously had some guests lined up for episode 20, but uh, we had a little mishap with the Mac Mini. Therefore, this episode's just going to be Chris and I. We're going to talk about Steel Pixel. We've had a, a number of requests. People are curious what we're doing, what we're working on, you know, how we're running our business. So we thought maybe we'd give you some insight into us instead.
1: Should we mention who, um, our, uh, who our guests were?
0: Yeah, well, it was uh, Leo Laporte and Amber MacArthur. They were uh, going to be on the show, but unfortunately... My Mac mini couldn't handle recording 2 m p threes at once and uh, i I tried a new method uh, as I was writing an article for vitamin I wanted to test out recording straight to m p three instead of apple lossless
1: uh, you tested something new That was it a- didn't tell me that <laughs> yeah 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 that was bad so so much for that one huh yeah. I almost I almost got the explicit rating there but uh, <laughs> I refrained <laughs> <laughs> well thank you. Uh,
0: I'm sure some of our listeners appreciate that. So, I guess probably the first thing I wanted to talk about, I just uh, picked up a new MacBook. It's kind of cool. I'm I'm digging it so far. But uh, there's a little interesting thing that happened with it. I went to purchase it on Sunday and uh, got it right before the store closed and... Come Monday morning, there's a nice big shiny thing on their website saying, student discount, you, you get a free iPod Nano, mail-in rebate, when you buy any computer. That sucked. Fourteen hours after I bought mine, they released a new promotion. Got, uh, got into a little, I guess, tussle with uh, some of the uh, local Apple employees over the phone. And uh they, at first, were unwilling to accommodate me in any form other than to return the system for a 10% restocking fee. And then they could ring everything up. But then they later told me they couldn't do that because you can only buy one student discounted Mac yeah. laptop per year. So that wouldn't work. Yeah, so... Um, they ended up conceding uh, a little bit, and uh, I did too, and they met us halfway and gave us an iPod Nano for 50% off. So I thought that was very cool. The uh, assistant manager, of Pez, was uh, uh, very friendly and helped us, uh, get got that taken care of for us. So I was very impressed with Apple, and uh, I, I must say overall it was a positive experience. Well,
1: the actual funny part to this story is the fact that you're still a friggin' student.
0: <laughs> Why's that funny?
1: <laughs> You've taken just enough classes for the past, like, I don't know, what, ten years to, uh, to still qualify as a student. Yeah,
0: yeah, so. Some of us are lifetime students. <laughs> lifetime learning. be leader. learning. Exactly. <laughs> learning Rails, right? Oh, yeah, that, that was another thing. We uh, I, I was recently out in New York and uh, got to meet some of our listeners at the uh, Ruby on Rails workshop with Jeffrey Gersenbach. That was kind of cool. It's a good workshop. If uh, any of you are in the San Fran area, I believe there is one on Thursday. I don't know if it's sold out or not, but definitely worth checking out. So,
1: so um, if anybody's actually been using Rails for a while, would you su- would you suggest one of the advanced workshops? Though,
0: yeah, yeah, I really think I don't. They're going to do a two day workshop with the with Jeffrey over in London sometime coming up, and I think that might. That one actually might be worth it um, if you're more of an advanced person. Um, this one, they try to cover the beginner stuff in the morning and the, the more advanced stuff in the afternoon, but I, there's just too much to cover since Rails 1.1 came out. I mean, you have Capistrano, you have um, you know RJS, you have testing, just all kinds of more advanced topics, and you just don't have enough time in one day to devote to that.
1: And I did a
0: little write-up on this SteelPixel pixel blog,
1: so... Okay. The hot topic for this podcast is, of course, uh, Tim O'Reilly, CMP, and the Web 2.0 trademark issue. It's all pretty much, you know, yeah. done. Now. Tim has chimed in.
0: Yeah, it's been hashed and rehashed at this point. But I don't. I guess we want to throw in our two cents. We we were,
1: I guess, miffed at first
0: when we first saw the story, read the story. We've been kicking around the idea of changing our show name in the first place, but I don't. This was kind of like. I wouldn't say the final straw because I still don't think we're going to change the name, but
1: we're probably not going to change until finish this series of podcasts and start, you know maybe start another show somewhere down the line after Web 2.0 stops becoming popular, or we interview on everybody on the planet.
0: Yeah, there's that. <laughs> of course, three we're going. <laughs> we'll probably die <laughs> first. <laughs> I do find it interesting, um, Chris Messina started a conversation on his blog where he talked about a trademark versus a community mark. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I, I didn't read that too in depth, but uh, I'm not sure that a community mark is an actual valid type of license set up, and you know, I'm not big on licensing in the first place, so I'm not even sure what would be involved with setting up some kind of copyleft or creative commons type trademark. That uh, the community owns versus you know one company kind of owning and controlling.
1: There's kind of some side issues after reading Tim's uh, Tim's response. One of the most interesting things that actually hits home to us and, and you know and our listeners is his comments about he would have handled it differently. I know he said it in town, but they're now owned by CMP. That's that's correct, isn't it, Josh? They're actually owned by CMP. Now? No, they're, no just part, they're
0: just they're no, part. No, of no, no, no. They're not owned by CMP. Right, CMP does the the uh, conference s- stuff, so they, they partner with them to do most oh, okay. of their conference just stuff. A partner, That
1: kind of problem.
0: Right, so the the web the Web 2.0 conference is kind of a, a joint venture between the two. Well, that kind
1: of invalidates what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> well, either way, I I think the problem is what you were going to say is that uh, they're they're too big, right, and that it's it's hard to.
1: You start to lose control. It's kind of like taking off venture capital, you know, or you get bought by someone else. You know, at that point, you've, you've lost control of... Right.
0: I, I I think that's up to each individual, though. I mean, if you look, if you read Jason Calacanis' blog, he talks all the time about how being at AOL, he still feels like he has a lot of control and actually has input into some of the stuff they do at AOL and still has, you know, the majority control over his staff and, and what they do, um, other than being buried in conference calls. <laughs>
1: well, of course it has to do with what you know, of, of who actually purchases you. I mean, AOL realized that, you know, oh my God, we're a dinosaur and we're dying. <laughs> um, we have to do something different, otherwise we're just going to drive and blow away.
0: Right, but so... yeah, on the flip side, you also have... Companies like Delicious got bought up, and now Joshua Schachter can't even talk to us without getting, like, 10 PR reps involved and all kinds of crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, here's a tip. Don't sell to Yahoo. It's not worth the money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anybody who's bought by Yahoo is like, uh, you know, the PR department just swoops in and and legal and just forget it.
0: Actually, another interesting comment that Tim posted was about the... uh, how he was disappointed in the blogosphere for jumping all over this story and um, ribbing O'Reilly apart all over the Internet. And, I mean, there were some pretty uh, nasty comments out there. I, I will agree.
1: You know, you-, you have one extreme and then you have the other. That's just it. There's a... And that's actually what makes it great is you have... It's a range. Of course you're going to have people flying off the handle. You always have those idiots. And then you have the people who actually take the time and do well-thought-out responses but but it's it's you have to look at the collective whole, and the collective whole made a big enough stink to make this an issue, to actually you know bring it to the attention of a, um, basically a, you know a, a giant corporation. You know, O'Reilly's not small, CMP's not small. Um, the fact that people can band together and and actually um, have their voice yeah get noticed and have their voice heard is is, is absolutely amazing. Yeah, you have to ignore the few people like uh, the one idiot that called that called uh, you know Tim a child molester. Well, you know what? You're just stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'm in the same boat. I've been called a child molester for my the sound of my voice. <laughs> and those those lovely dig users, we love you all. <laughs> but it, his point was that uh, the New York Times posted a story and that they took the time to fact check and um, understand the story and. Well, that's, that's all fine and great. I, I think when you are mainstream media, you you have contacts at these companies, and when you call and say you're from the New York Times, the folks at O'Reilly don't ignore you. If you say, hey, I'm writing a piece, they're going to want to talk to you. Whereas, you know, if I call and say, hey, I'm from the Web 2.0 show, they're just going to blow me off. So I, I think it's a matter of, we sometimes we aren't, able to do due diligence in a story because they don't bother to talk to us. They, they don't... We're not worth their
1: time. And again, this goes back to my argument. They might not have ever even done a piece if the blogosphere hadn't been up in arms. There wouldn't have been a piece there. This would have just been another cease and desist letter. Right. So, I mean, we, we created the story. And the conference name probably would have changed. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the
0: other thing is... Tim coined the term Web 2.0, and they have this conference now. I, actually, I don't even know if he coined the term. I mean, they they claim to have coined it, but I don't. Know, some people were uh, saying that there was a prior prior usage of it. But see,
1: that whole prior thing does not apply to trademarks, so that's kind of out the door. Oh,
0: really? It doesn't. Nope. Yeah, but they're still claiming first use either way. I mean,
1: as a matter of fact, well, no, as a matter of fact, um. CMP has a trademark on the terms software development in the context of a conference. Again, because they actually have a conference called software development, you know, you and I cannot put on a conference called software development, even though those are, that is the absolute most generic terms you can possibly have in our field.
0: That's crazy. I mean, if you think about that, what, what, what constitutes a conference? I mean, you and I are talking, is this a conference? All of a sudden we can't use Web 2.0 because we're in a conference? Oh, that's a little insane. But what I was going to say is that uh, they say they're Web 2.0, but, and yet when we apply for a media pass, we don't get approved for one because we're not mainstream media enough. That's, that's crazy. It's a Web 2.0 conference. How Web 1.0 is
1: that to exclude podcasters and bloggers? Now, South by Southwest had the right idea where they actually specifically invited us um, because we were podcasters and they wanted the, the you know the new media there. And that's funny that uh, you know South by Southwest gets it but I mean come on the guys that actually coined the term web 2.0 don't get it that's kind of odd and disappointing as well.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. frustrations with big corporations. I guess that'll always be yeah. the case. Yeah. Stay small. So, yes, very much so. <laughs> it's much easier to get a hold of small companies. <laughs> Well, most of them. Uh, We're still trying to catch up with uh, Bram Cohen from BitTorrent.
1: Are you still considered small if you take on 8 million funding? I don't
0: know. It depends on... Small is really more about how many people you have, in my opinion. I don't know. Certainly interesting. We're also uh, hoping to catch up with Cameron Mall. And um, I think... We got an email from Andy Budd and Jeremy Keith. They want to come on the show and talk to us and uh, discuss some of the stuff they're working on. It sounds very cool. I think we're going to take them up on that offer. We're also uh, working on trying to get uh, Heather Champ from Flickr on the line. A little, uh, little tough. There was some uh, PR folks mix up there.
1: Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to be interviewing them. Talk about
0: that. <laughs> yeah, sh- 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 Speaking of PR, we actually just started Podvine, uh, podvine.com, P-O-D-E-V-I-N-E.
1: Actually, technically that's advertising, not PR.
0: Well, yeah, same thing, I guess. <laughs>
1: it, it all falls in that
0: category of something that annoys me to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, anyway, we've teamed up with um, uh, the Ruby on Rails podcast with uh, Jeffrey Grossenbach and uh, Boog's World with Paul Boeg. And to uh, actually, we're gonna uh, we're gonna try to sell some advertisement on our on our podcasts. Now, this isn't just your standard, uh, you know, Walmart advertising, <laughs> right? This isn't just
0: insert some wooden ad onto the front of a podcast and then you get your podcast and you're on your merry way. That's we don't like that feel. It's it's too impersonable. We think it's forcing ads onto the people who listen to our shows and we don't want to force ads on you well ads that, that have absolutely
1: nothing to do with you know with web
0: 2.0 right it's more about just churning out a high volume of podcasts when you get into that kind of advertising model in my opinion and you know while while we have a large pool of listeners for each show you know it's not about growing the show just so we get more money it's more of a fixed rate. It's more of a, you know, here, here's what you get for your money versus a, a cost per impression.
1: And it's a, well, it's a, you know, it's a, the ads are also pre-approved. Um, so, it, you know, we actually wouldn't mention anything that we, we wouldn't or don't use ourselves. So, if you're interested in advertising, let us know.
0: Yeah, info at podvine.com.
1: Oh, and actually speaking of which, the, um, the design was done by um, our new partner, uh, <laughs> Kevin. Oh yeah, Kevin Berg, which I actually think he did a fantastic job. Right. And Kevin is also in the process of uh, redefining, redesigning, our um, our other websites, Web 2.0 Show and uh, SteelPixel.com, as well as a couple other projects we're working on.
0: Yeah, yeah, actually he is, and uh, he's working on SteelPixel right now. And I must say, I think uh, I I like what he's doing with it. Well, uh, maybe we'll put a put a little teaser screenshot up, just a little partial for for our listeners. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. See what they think. Yeah, not the whole thing, just a <laughs> small piece, just the corner.
1: Yeah.
0: Or maybe a very small screenshot where you can't get much detail. <laughs> we'll go all 37 signals on them.
1: <laughs> you did. You mentioned them. <laughs> tried. I tried. So tough. Right, I think we should do shots every time you we mention 37 signals.
0: That could get interesting. That's that's you mentioned dig. We could uh that could be a very dig, dig spin on this, uh with the alcohol. Maybe, maybe we could try different alcohols.
1: We could go for that. We could for like the top shelf liquors, you know, like cognac and uh
0: scotch. That could get expensive as many times as we mentioned thirty-seven signals.
1: <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs>
0: One of uh, one of the interesting things that we're doing with the Steel Pixel redesign, um, you know, we we had our lifetime hosting sale, which is now over. That was that was uh, somewhat of a success, I guess. I, I'm not horribly disappointed with it. I mean, you know, we we kind of accomplished a couple goals with it. But one of the things we've always been a fan of is Kathy Sierra and her um, philosophy of creating passionate users and. Um, giving back to your customer population. And instead of having an advertising budget, strike that and figure out a way to uh, give it back to your users in in the form of, you know, better products. So one of the things we want to do with the redesign is actually, when we launch it, we're also going to be increasing the package size on all our packages for everyone all our current customers and new customers alike They're going to get a free upgrade. Just kind of our way of saying thanks for sticking with yeah. us.
1: I also want to mention that I'm actually working on a, on a solution right now to have you um, developers out there. I'm actually putting up a subversion. Uh, we already have subversion repositories right now, but I'm actually putting on a separate server with uh, Apache 2.0 so you can access it through the, the web app, And as well as I'm going to set up a track. So if you'd like to have track...
0: Oh, that's nice. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, that's going to be... Uh, I've been looking at the specs for that. It's going to be a pain in the butt to, uh, you know, to get it. It's like it requires... there's a ton of requirements, but uh, I'll get it. Yeah, that'll
0: be awesome. Good for development. We can use it for transponder. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Speaking of transponder, we, uh, we've made a little bit of progress on it. We've been using it actually since March, and we've been tracking our downloads. And, um... We've got it to the point where we can detect duplicate downloads because it seems like iTunes hammers the server for some reason sometimes. I don't. We're not 100% sure why it happens, but um, it seems some clients just don't seem to connect, and they just keep reconnecting and trying to get it. So that was definitely uh, one thing we had to get out of the way there.
1: You've seen like 10 connects in a row, aren't
0: you? Oh, no, dude, the one episode we saw... The, the one client tried to connect over 2,000 times.
1: Oh, oh, I want to mention, um, did anybody else notice who uses Net um, NetVibes spiking their, uh, their, their counts to, like... Yeah,
0: you know, actually, I, I saw that on a couple other blogs. People were like, hey, cool. how did your readership all of a sudden get up to 50,000? Yeah,
1: TechCrunch went to 122,000.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we went to, like, what do we... We have, like, 4,500, so we went to like 5,400,
1: or fifty four thousand. I mean. yeah, order of magnitude. So, yeah. I don't know what we did, weird. but, uh, yeah. <laughs> it sucked. It
0: was fun for a day. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we looked popular. But no, uh, we just, uh, hacked in country support, too, so now, actually, as you download it, we can tag and see which country you're from, get an idea of where our listener's from. Of course, we were very popular in the United States, um, very very popular over in the UK too. That uh I, I didn't realize we had a lot of listeners over there. Probably have three hundred or so. Oh, cool. It's pretty cool. And uh the great story and Jason Santa Maria episode, I, I, I don't know why, but we had over a thousand listeners were tagged from Germany.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow they should give a conference. Okay.
0: Yeah really. Well apparently they're one on an island. Um I think it's Web 2.1 conference or something. (laughs) So, the transponders moving along. One of the, I guess, kind of walls that we're hitting with it is how to collaborate remotely on UI design. Because, obviously, Kevin lives in New York. I live in Cincinnati. Chris lives in Miami. How do we get together and collaborate to create an actual UI for it? And that's kind of the piece we're stuck on right now. So, um, you know, we're interested in hearing about tools that you guys might use to do something like that. And I was talking to David Heinemeyer Hansen, and uh, he said that they always talk in XHTML and just, you know, pass those files back and forth and kind of change the markup and be like, no, this is more like what I was talking about. But I think that it's not a real quick, interactive type of conversation, I don't think, when you're using XHTML. We're also working with another client. We're doing some Rails consulting, and they, they mentioned uh, Adobe has a product. Isn't it Adobe Breeze? Yeah. Breeze? Is that what it was? That, that supposedly allows you to do interactive um, sharing of the desktop, and it allows you to kind of collaborate on UI stuff from our understanding. But we couldn't actually see it because I, I guess it costs like $400 a month.
1: Yeah, it's a little pricey.
0: Yeah, so if you guys are doing UI design, we would be most curious to hear how you guys handle it remotely um, if you're doing collaboration at all. I, I would imagine that maybe there's not a lot of that happening right now. I don't know. Maybe that's why the there's not a very mature market around it.
1: I guess along those, uh, you know, along those notes, um, we are available for uh, freelance development design and consulting. Now that we have a designer on staff, uh, we are now a complete shop.
0: Yes, we are. And, and we can, I mean, the, the job we're doing now is strictly rails. They already had designers. So, you know, we, we didn't need design work for that. Or if you just need design and don't need development, you know, we, we can do any of that stuff. Um, one of the, the more interesting things we're working on right now is, um, a project that we're, we're hoping to get wrapped up here shortly. Uh, it's a podcast consulting gig that, uh, that we're doing for a company called, Buy safe, um, they wanted to put out a podcast about the eBay Live conference, so they contacted us and we've been working with them to get their, their new site up you know, hopefully we'll have the first podcast up here in the next couple of days for them, so definitely post a sh- uh, link in the show notes that one's been, been pretty fun so I guess we also do podcast consulting on top of just design and development
1: yeah, yeah I, fell, I fell into that one <laughs> Oh um, well, said, well, as far as podcast consulting goes, you just wrote the uh, you just wrote an article for Thank Vitamin. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, I did. Yeah, I think I mentioned that in the beginning. It's an article about how to podcast using Skype, like what we're doing right at this very moment. I detail how to do it on a Mac and how to do it on a Windows PC. Um, the Windows PC is actually a very short piece of that article because it's actually very easy. Um, but I think I prefer. Doing it on the Mac because we get to record to two separate files, and I can tweak my sound levels and your sound levels and get them to match and it takes a lot longer, but I think in the end you get a much much higher quality sound
1: well it's, it's better to do, that, do it that way anyway because you're actually on a real microphone, so your sound is is completely different than the rest of us coming in through Skype, so you know two channels is really a better way to yeah. do it anyway yeah.
0: And like I said, it takes longer to mix it in the end and uh, sync it all up, but I I think it's well worth the end product because there have been times where, and this is in particular where you know we started looking at this. Um, In one episode, it was uh, five or six. We were interviewing either Chris Messina or Jeff Barr, and there was this really, really annoying hum. And it was actually being caused because my power cables were sitting too close to the mic cables. And it, it was because I had the M-Audio interface sitting on the Mac Mini. We never actually determined what it was because we ended up separating all the cables. But uh, because we were recording all to one file at the same time, it was all the, the audio. There, there wasn't much we could do to fix that.
1: Yeah, learn, it. learn as you go. <laughs> yeah, little things. Were we going to talk about, um, I notice you have not here, tough spots, failures, successes? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> what did you have in mind for that?
0: Uh, Jason Fried always talks about, uh, there we go again, that would be another shot. <laughs> <laughs> but he always talks about uh, failing in obscurity. You know, the the nice thing about no one knowing about you or your product is that you can fail and... Only affect a few people, and I think that's that's kind of been the case with us. Um, we've actually run into kind of a rough spot with our server the last couple weeks, and we we believe it, it's actually a memory management problem, um, possibly on the 2.4 kernel. So we decided that uh, we wanted to upgrade to a 2.6 kernel, um, and in doing that, we decided to go ahead and move to a new server with better hardware support. So, um, you know, that, that that's something we're working on. But it, it's been tough as a host to have to deal with downtime. And, I mean, not only as a host, but we use our own hosting. So, you know, when, when our server goes down, that means people can't listen to the podcast, people can't purchase the hosting, you know, and... and once Transponder goes live, obviously it'll be on its own server, so that won't be as much of a concern. And since we're the only podcast on it, again, that that's not a huge concern.
1: But still, our websites, you know, all of the rest of our websites are on the on the hosting server as well.
0: Oh. Right. That's a definite frustration. I mean, we don't, we don't want to deal with the downtime. We don't want the customers to deal with the downtime. And it also means that we're sinking time into uh, fixing the server rather than, you know, writing... Code or you know doing something else that that could be more productive.
1: So. Yeah. Now, well, when Josh says downtime, we're talking a couple minutes, so which is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we haven't
0: had anything over a couple minutes. Um, I think worst case we we had to do a reboot one time and it, it took five minutes for everything to get fully back up. But you know downtime is yeah. it still sucks. So you know, but because we have a smaller customer set. I think it's f- easier for us to communicate mm-hmm. back and forth with them, you know. We'll, we'll have a couple guys hit us on IM, hey, what's going on, can't get to the server. <laughs> so it, it's kind of nice. I, li- I like keeping it small.
1: Yeah, actually, it is kind of nice being on, uh, pretty much all of our customers are on IM, and uh, we're all you know chatting and um, and helping each other out. That's what you get when you go with uh, someone small. <laughs>
0: One of the, I guess one of the nice things, we can talk a little bit about tools, too. We've been using um, Campfire. We love Campfire. (laughs) We're actually getting ready, we're contemplating uh, upgrading to a pro account because, I mean, since we've started using it, it's become a staple to our business. I
1: think uh, two of the main things with Campfire is, um, first of which is, you can actually search your archives. So Right, and the fact that it
0: keeps archives, so, you know...
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. I drive
0: home, I can hop back on and see what you and Kevin were talking about
1: while I was gone. Exactly. It's really easy to catch up with your other two partners since we're all three. We're pretty much... It's very rare is all three of us on at the same time. There's a couple hours during the middle of the day where, uh, where we're all on, the, on at the same time.
0: Yeah, we all kind of have different schedules, so...
1: So it's it makes it easy for us to, for us to, to keep up. And it actually keeps us motivated... Since we're kind of always in campfire, and we always—it's you know—when you're by yourself developing an application, sometimes you can lose your way, or if you're if you're out of communication with a client, spending long periods of time on your own just developing, um, it's easy to lose sight, lose focus, lose motivation. Well, we use um, we use Basecamp as well, and and the, the commenting feature there also keeps keeps you connected with your client. Um, right. So, both those tools together have really helped us, uh, keep us, you know, keep us connected.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's certainly been been a definite help in that regard. Especially, uh, you know, with Basecamp, it's like, ah, crap, I sent a file and I emailed it and I forgot to cc so-and-so. Well, we were kind of running into that because we were, uh, we're sponsoring the Rails Day contest. Right. I forgot about that. That's the whole reason we got the Nano. Um... Which actually is going to be a 4-gig nano now instead of a (laughs) 1-gig since we got a discount from Apple. (laughs) Thanks, Pez. Um, Yeah, so we're sponsoring the Rails Day contest, and um, we've been going back and forth with them. Uh, We're also going to be participating, so we've been kind of concerned about, you know, what are are people going to think ethically? And we've been assured that even though we're donating a prize for people to win... Uh, the judging happens independently and anonymously so they don't see you know which team did the work they only see the
1: product once it's finished and the and, and we're not actually going to be able to win our own prize yeah because our prize is specifically designated for the best one man team.
0: Well, one of our prizes.
1: Oh, one of our prizes. Right.
0: But the other one, yeah, we all have iPods, and that's, you know, one of the reasons we chose to go with an iPod is because we find it <laughs> such a great tool. But, um, yeah, the other hosting, we're going to give a hosting for life package to the best one man team. Um, we think it's important to encourage people to. Utilize Rails in a one-man environment because we think it—it's very conducive to that. You can do pair programming, you can do group programming, but I also think it excels with just one person. Um, but I don't think it excels to the point where a one-man team can keep up with a three-man team in a twenty-four-hour. Especially period. not
1: if you have a, a designer as well. Usually, you're good and you're better in one thing than in the other. So, right.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, we we want to encourage those one-man teams, you know. Uh, I know you, you may not think you can do it, but y- you don't have to take one of the top three spots to get a prize. Yeah. Uh, ironically, last year we, we sponsored it in the same way, and uh, the, the single-man team actually did make it into one of the top three spots.
1: Yeah, so. yep. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Aquino?
0: Yep, so that was certainly interesting.
1: Yeah, that was an excellent application. Yeah, very cool. So, of course, uh, our entry will be very Web two ish, and uh, <laughs> and as a matter of fact, it uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with you know, what we've been preaching. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun. Kind of a kind of a way to not find yourself alone in development Shh. and uh, web projects. <laughs> Little teaser there. And we will, uh, you know, we'll probably release it under a uh, Creative Commons uh, license so that the code's readable, but, uh, you know, it won't be available for commercial use because we do plan to take the app once, once we're done with Rails Day and continue development into uh, a full product because we're very, very excited about the idea we came up yeah,
1: with. Yeah, it's actually kind of cool. Yeah,
0: definitely. But obviously that one's on the very very back burner until we get done with transponder
1: June seventeenth
0: yeah that's the actually start I think they're starting in eastern Standard time so it's like midnight twelve oh one a m June
1: seventeen they have a lot more uh, they have a lot more sponsors now
0: yeah they do collective x is uh donating a Mac mini um macromate is donating some textmate licenses
1: um All right.
0: Someone else is donating a 30-gig iPod, I think.
1: Bet, uh, how many of these people have we interviewed? There's <laughs> Magnolia.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, we haven't posted that yet, actually.
1: Oh, that's right, our Podumentary.
0: Yes. I guess that's, that's most of the stuff we're working on right now.
1: Excellent. Um, yeah, we, uh, we do... We- People have been sending in emails. Um, Unfortunately, we're not going to get a chance to go over them right now, but keep sending us in your emails and we'll actually go over those next time.
0: Yes. And uh, the other thing is today we we got an email about someone said, hey, check out our product. We want you to beta test it. Uh, You know, we got the request. Email didn't say what it did. So I go to the website. (laughs) Website didn't say what it did. Um, apparently they're using an RSS feed, um, reader to pull over a feed and then display it as a blog post. Well, apparently that was broken. So, I I couldn't even see the blog posts. They didn't link to their blog, so I couldn't get directly to the blog. So, I, I don't know what this does. There's just an email sign up and there's really no description. So, I'm like, okay, what,
1: (laughs) wow, that was just bad. Yeah, so get that fixed and send us another invite. Yeah, really. Tell us what the heck you do.
0: (laughs) So if you can email us, make sure you tell us why it's a good product. We do listen.
1: Is that it?
0: Yeah, I I think that about covers it. So, you know, since it's just you and I, do we thank each other for being on the show? Good job, Josh. Yeah, good job, Chris. Thanks for being on the show.
1: (laughs) No problem. I hope you invite me back.
0: Yeah, sure. Maybe next time. This has been a Steel Pixel production. For more information about Steel Pixel, you can check out steelpixel.com. Or for more information about the show, feel free to check out web20show.com. That's w e b two zero s h o w dot com.